this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. I'm not a crusty crab. Greetings and salutations, everyone. It's time for another edition of the Hard Rock Lock, Hard Rock Lunchbox. I think I'd get that right after nine years. Of course, the top 20 is what we're doing here right now. I'm sorry I'm late. I really just physically could not seem to move any faster than I was doing it. I, uh... <laughs> I want to blame everything that's going on in the world and in my world and in my life on the fact that I'm just human. But, like, honestly, a lot of the humans get get out of their way a lot quicker than I do. I'm just... Your show's fearless leader is not doing as good as he could or should currently. Thank you for that. I am working on it, though realize that my camera is sideways for some reason and it is auto-corrected so that's some good news right yay god i don't even know i feel i feel awful man i feel just completely like bodily exhausted like i i don't know like i know like mental illness and anxiety is like super common these days it's like the uh, the Taylor Tomlinson joke, like, you know, your mental illness was like your middle name. Like, I knew you had one. I just didn't know what it was. Like, that's literally how you need to approach pretty much everybody and anybody these days. Just because there's there's so much uh, there's so much going on with it. I was actually watching something last night. Um, they were talking about uh, it was from Big Think, and it was. Uh, talking about like the biggest threats in 2023, and what actually made the list like at number nine is this the TikTok boom, and it wasn't like the expansion of TikTok, but it's the kind of um, the TikTok generation is starting to become part of uh, kind of the conversation, like for realsies, like they're actually you know able to influence things and change things in their world. And literally when I was watching that, I was like, well, that's great. You know, like it's an age group that's finally coming of age and they can just stop complaining while living in their mom's basement. But the, the other half of me was like, these are the most unprepared people for like social anything because they're just all, you know, any, anybody, anybody that spends enough time on TikTok is definitely developing a tick or two. Like the fact that it's called TikTok should really have been a good kind of warning about what was coming because it is so dangerous to the central nervous system and to the developing mind. Like, I just, I can't even imagine, like, like, I understand people from, like, my generation, not like, you know, like, well, back when I fought the Kaiser in World War I, like, it's not that. Just the people in my generation are the ones that have crossed over from basically no internet to only internet and and it has changed the way people kind of exist and our society has changed we've gone from the cradling of what was basically the greatest generation into arguably one of the worst generations that we have so far and you know like i say 
week in, week out around here. Like, I have a lot of trouble kind of resolving and realigning myself to what's going on in the world because I have to reimagine the world the way that it is now and not the way that it was when I was growing up. Not that it was great, but, like, you know, there were certain things you could count on. Like, we didn't have a whole lot of flat earthers back when I was growing up. You know what I mean? We've got a lot of them now. And I'm using the term flat earther to describe basically everybody that's in that camp, whether they believe in a flat earth or not. It's just, it's a lot, which is why a lot, and a lot of people in my existence, uh, in my, in my generation are also dealing with kind of the failing, the first real failing of the social contract, right? Like the generation and two generations above me are the ones that are still, they're having their social security, their, you know, Medicare is covered for, their Medicaid is covered. And like, yeah, I mean, it doesn't cover everything, but at least it's there. It's not Sweden, but like they're not living in boxes on the streets if they don't want to. Like we have that, but there's a very real possibility that, you know, in the next 40 years, like that might not cover like my ability. And like, if you don't think I lose sleep over that, like you really have no idea what the future kind of looks like because I worry all the time that like the decisions and choices that not only have I made, but the people around me have made. And by around me, I mean like people in the government are going to land my ass like in not such a very good place. I mean, yeah, I love my kids and I would treat them well anyway, but I'm definitely considering treating them just a little bit better in case I need to live in their attic or basement by the time I turn 90. My daughter and I joke often about uh, there's a series of commercials. I don't know if they're still on, but it was about it was called a place for mom, and it was basically like you know a, a place, a nice place that your mom can like live out her golden years and stuff. And my argument was like, where the fuck is the place for dad? Because <laughs> like nobody's talking about a place for dad. And then I think casually like we were like taking out the garbage one day and. I don't know if she said it or I said it, but like I think it was her, and she's like holding the garbage can. She's like, "Oh, look, it's a place for dad." And I was like, "Oh, great!" Can't, can't wait. So anyway, uh, yeah, TikTok boom. Those guys are coming up. It's gonna be good. Can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. Can't wait for this whole generation of people that like don't want to work and would rather just be an influencer. And somehow, they're going to take care of me. I don't know if there's any fans of the Bre- Breakfast Club out there, but there's a line in it when they're, uh, when Carl, the janitor, is in the basement with uh, Principal Dick. Rich. Excuse me. May I call you Dick? <laughs> and they've just gone through the files, and he's like, and uh, you know, what's his face? It's like, you know, the, the thought that wakes me up in the middle of the night is that one of these days, these kids, and he's talking about the Breakfast Club, basically like the John Benders. He's like, one of these days, I'm going to wake up and these kids, they're the ones that are going to be taking care of me. And Carl looks right at him. He's like, I wouldn't count on it, man. <laughs> That's literally how I how I spend a lot of my existence. It's fun kind of talking about this, actually, and just watching because I get a monitor with the camera. It's like, it's fun to kind of watch like my ticks and stuff as I feel like my chest basically compressing into a nice, uh, not full-blown panic attack, but, you know, a little precursor, a little pre-shock. I don't know what the rest of the day is going to hold, but it's not it's not looking good, so I'm going to try and calm my ass down with a few pharmaceuticals. Legal, of course, although, I guess, you know, legally, they're going to be opening a bunch of uh, recreational weed shops here on Long Island. They opened the second one in New York City, I think, just the other day. 
Uh, they did a soft opening, so they're going to close in three months to like do some rebuilding. And I was like, that's weird, but okay. Like That's the way a typical pothead, am I right? <laughs> this is open for three months, man. We'll just take April off. Uh, let's get to some uh, whatever this is, lighthouse keeping. So, um, oh yeah, thanks for asking. Uh, my head cold is almost gone, but my God, what a doozy. So I've been sick... Uh, I think since Wednesday night, and it is now Thursday morning, and by Wednesday night, I mean last Wednesday night, I had one hell of a head cold. It was actually funny. Uh, we were just kind of laughing about the fact, like, yeah, cold still exists. Like, you know, I took a COVID test, and it was negative for that. Didn't have the symptoms of a flu, but it's like, immediately you get sick these days. It's like, Jesus Christ, which pandemic do I have? Like, you know, you got to worry about that kind of stuff, but it was just honestly just good old-fashioned head cold and it settled back into my sinuses by tuesday uh, a couple days ago and i actually had to like do like telemedicine because i don't like antibiotics i don't want to take them it really messes you know it's bad for everybody honestly so only take them if you really need them but uh i was about to take them and the doctor it was like why don't you just start with like some tylenol sinus just to like break it up so i've been on that for the past couple days which is quite possibly a very possible reason why i'm you know, feeling all anxious and stuff. I just, I, I'm fine with basic medicines and stuff like that. I find my biggest problems tend to be in the additives and the packings and the fillers of stuff. Like, you would not believe the stuff that they put in, like, some of those capsules. Like, it's just unbelievable, like, how bad they are for you. And they're not regulated because they're not medicine. But, like, you can basically fill it with, like, you know, what's the thing where they had, like, beaver anus as a flavor? Like, that kind of stuff? Like... I don't know if you're into that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm not. Like, it's not really my thing. But anyway, so yeah. So last week, uh, the new episode of the Top 20 is out on YouTube, on Strangerhood TV. Uh, you can see about how uh, I rate the head cold I had at zero stars and uh, would not recommend. Uh, but also talk about uh, George Santos, who continues to not disappoint. Like, thank you, Nassau County Republicans, for giving us all such a gift like that. It's just Absolutely fantastic. What a douche. What a douche. And what better way to represent Nassau County Republicans than with an actual douche. Um, so that's it. Don Bacon is my podcast. They have uh, seven questions and a full interview with uh, with Amy from Adam Splitter. That's a PR company and discussion of drinks. That's their uh, bonus. I guess it's not a bonus anymore if it's an official second episode a week. Uh, and they're talking about the direction of DC movies under James Gunn. I will say the thing about PR companies, I follow a few of them on Instagram. And what I've really noticed is all I really see from them, and I, I'm not saying all of them because I don't follow all of them. I also don't care so much about what's going on on Instagram unless you're a hippopotamus. Uh, then I care greatly. Uh, I follow pandas. I follow Snoopy. Snoopy's my guy. Uh, you know, I follow you know stuff that means a lot more to me uh, than that. But like, I just happen to notice that all PR Instagrams tend to be look at us, meet the staff, or new uh, new clients. And then I just don't ever really see anything else about. <laughs> like, 
You know, because we're going to probably start up a PR campaign this year as we start to roll out the Rebel 9 releases. And I consider it a PR campaign just for this stupid show because I honestly, I need help. I've been saying it for years. I can keep saying it and get absolutely nowhere. But, like, I don't want to keep, like, I don't mind adding, like, one listener every, like, six months. Like, I'll get there eventually. But, like, it might come in as a shock to some of you, but I am probably not going to live another million years to get to those million views. But, like... So I was considering some real PR help and stuff like that, and I just, I can't find one that doesn't seem to do only PR about themselves. Like, I could do that. Like, you know, lunchbox PR. Like, cool, here's our new client, and meet the staff, and here's our next new client, and questions for the staff. Like, that just doesn't seem like something I really want to do, but... Anyway, it's just something I've noticed. But anyway, so uh, I will actually check that out and see if they ask Amy anything about that. Um, And then uh, blah, 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 blah. Also in Rebel 9 news, uh, Rebel 9 is confirmed for March 3rd at 89 North. We're going to be playing uh, direct support for um, for the EP release. Uh, I do have tickets. You can Venmo me if you want. If you want to just do it directly, you can just Venmo me. It's at GDavy. Uh, that's my Venmo account. Uh, we're there are twenty dollars tickets. I am doing them for fifteen. Uh, I'm only doing them for fifteen dollars for a limited time only. And that's uh, like I said, March third, eighty nine North. Or you can go to rebel9.com, I think slash shows or slash tickets or whatever, and get your tickets there if you want to do them that way. I think they might be a little bit more there. I'm not entirely sure. Eventually, they're all going to go to twenty bucks because that's what's going to cost us. So uh, feel free to hit us up for tickets. Uh, if you have any questions, just ask, and that'll be. That'll be fun. Uh, sh- I'm sorry. It was Share the Burden, and their EP is Awaken, and that is the EP release. Um, and that's March 3rd, 89 North. Uh, probably, I was going to say probably our only trip into Patchogue this year, um, but maybe not. Maybe we'll do one later in the year. It, it all sort of depends on like how, how like Kevin is feeling towards uh, original bands. It seems to ebb and flow, but... You know, we'll take it because it's a good show and we like to play it, and it's easy for fans of ours that live out east to kind of get there. And it's a nice bar. Like, I really do like 89 North. It's, I, I wish they were just a little bit warmer towards original bands, but it's a work in progress. And uh, I'm definitely not leading the charge this time out because I'm just too tired and I've got too much other stuff to do, but I don't want to bring everybody else down. Uh, what I actually wanted to talk about today, I watched this. Uh, clip on YouTube this morning that I thought was super interesting. So I decided to print some of it out. Um, I don't think I'm going to read the whole thing because it's four pages, but this is, I found a very nice kind of synopsis of uh, this essay uh, by Carlo M. Cipolla. I'm going to go with that. Cipolla? I'm going to say Cipolla. I think it's Cipolla. And he wrote an essay um, kind of he kind of wrote an essay on stupidity and it was kind of like not a joke but it was like something he just shared amongst his friends but i have to tell you it was so compelling watching this uh sort of explanation of it and i had never heard of him or this essay before and as soon as he started talking about some of these things i was like i know a lot of people that would probably understand and appreciate this exploration of it and they all happen to be listening to me in a couple of hours so i thought i would just grab it uh we can read through some of it uh if you have anything to do in the uh chat uh anything to say like i'll keep trying to check the chat and we'll just get to that at some point but uh 
was I saying? All right. Anyway, so this uh, this synopsis was written by Lindsay Klein, and um, it's the science of uh, human stupidity broken down into five universal laws, right? Uh, so many years ago, a brilliant professor took a look at the world around him and startedly, startedly realized that he was surrounded by idiots. Now, I'm just going to let that lie. <laughs> but just take a look around wherever you are. See if this, see, see how this fits into your life. Okay. Uh, in fact, there were so many idiots, he believed, that their stupidity would inevitably become the ultimate threat to mankind's existence. Now, I feel like I have been saying this for like five or six years, maybe even longer, and that's why it really just kind of resonated with me real quick. Uh, Carlo M. Cipolla uh, was a professor at the University of California, Berkeley, when he became fascinated with the phenomenon, phenomenon of human stupidity. He studied the fundamental traits that these simpletons share and published an essay on the subject in which he broke the elements of our ineptitude down to a science. Cipolla believed that human stupidity followed five fundamental laws, and understanding these laws would be necessary, he insisted, if the non-stupid were going to avoid being destroyed by their half-baked brethren. So there's five laws, right? The first one is, um, this is, <laughs> this is the one that really reeled me in. Law number one, always and inevitably everyone underestimates the number of stupid individuals in circulation. That deserves that. <laughs> in a nutshell, we're surrounded by more morons than we can ever truly comprehend, Sybil asserts. Essentially, if we were ever to guess how many halfwits are among us, we would endlessly underestimate their numbers. More idiots can always be found to, quote, appear suddenly and un unexpectedly in the most inconvenient places at the most improbable moments. I'm going to read that again. More idiots can always be found to, quote, <laughs> appear suddenly and unexpectedly in the most inconvenient places and at the most improbable moments, end quote. Law number two, the probability that a certain person be stupid is independent of any other characteristics of that person. Now, that's important, right? Contrary to popular belief, cultural indicators like a person's job, their education level, or their income are not indicative of intelligence. Morons can materialize in every corner of society. They are imbeciles. There are imbeciles with master's degrees. There are dumb-as-bricks billionaires. Cipolla examined blue-collar workers and white-collar workers. And on every rung of the social ladder, there was a persistent proportion of simpletons, right? So it makes no difference whether they're black, white, male, female, Asian, or South American. Stupidity don't discriminate. That's important. Just because somebody has a good job does not mean they're not stupid. Just because somebody has money does not mean that they're not stupid, right? How many lottery winners do you know, like, all of a sudden have money? How many people are nepotized into other jobs that, like, they really shouldn't have, right? Now, law number three. A stupid person, I like this one. This is important. Listen up, people. I'm giving a class here. Right. Exactly. A wild simpleton appears. It's like Pokemon. <laughs> Law number three. A stupid person is a person who causes losses to another person or to a group of persons while himself deriving no gain and even possibly incurring losses. Right. Now, this is important and does not go into this particular... I don't think it addresses here... No, 
It doesn't. So there's basically four uh, archetypes for this essay, right? Like, there's the helpless person. That's the person that always tries to do good, but bad stuff just constantly happens. So they, they try, they do no harm to others, but they also gain nothing for themselves, right? Then you have the intelligent who are who do good for others and actually can gain for society, right? They do, they do good for society and they do good, you know, for themselves and stuff. And then you have the, what's called the bandit. And the bandit only does good for themselves at the um, at the uh, cost, uh, at the expense of society, right? Like that makes sense. Even the term bandit, right? Like just makes sense. So basically, having somebody like uh, I think the picture was like. Um, I think the, the picture that was drawn, like, so the helpless is there's a rock falling down, right? And the helpless person will push an innocent person out of the way but get hit in the head with the rock, right? Doing good for society but not necessarily themselves. The intelligent person pushes the person out of the way of the rock and also gets out of the way of the falling rock, right? The bandit picks up the innocent person and holds them over their head so the innocent person gets hurt while the bandit is fine, right? And then the idiot, the fourth one, the fourth one actually holds on to the person that, you know, hug, go, goes lower, hugs the person that is about to get hit by the rock, and lets them get hit by the rock. And so there's no gain to him, and it costs society something, right? So that's an important important part. I'll read that again, because so, I thought it was important. A stupid person is a person who causes losses to another person or to a group of persons, while himself deriving no gain and even possibly incurring losses, Right? People that litter, people you know, people that dump whatever garbage uh, into the streets. Perfect example, right? It it actually is. It's bad for society. It saves them the trip of going to the the dump, but it also probably makes their area that they live in worse and dirtier and stuff like that. So it's not it's not great. So the principle the professor claims is the golden law of stupidity. An idiot will cause problems for the people around him without even benefiting himself in the slightest. The de- this definition makes the most sense in reference to simple as four basic categories of human beings. That's what I just read. The actions of the intelligent are both himself and others. The bandits benefit himself at the expense of others. The helpless person will enrich others at his own expense. Uh, and the four categories of society can be illustrated in the graph below. I did not. I don't. I, I'm not going to read you the graph because that's ridiculous. As you can see, stupid people occupy the lonesome left corner, blah, 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 blah. Maybe I'll post this if I get a chance during the show. Law number four, non-stupid people. Non-stupid people always underestimate the damaging power of stupid individuals. In particular, non-stupid people constantly forget that at all times and places and under any circumstances to deal and, and or associate with stupid people always turns out to be a costly mistake, right? So in particular, non-stupid people constantly forget that at all times and places and under any circumstances to deal and or associate with stupid people always turns out to be a costly mistake. Everybody in my listening audience should understand what that means. Everybody. If I have to explain it to you, that means maybe you're the stupid person. Sorry. (laughs) Simply put, never underestimate the dangers of associating with a dumbass. This lesson wraps up perfectly with the fifth and final law, law number five. Five. A stupid person is the most dangerous type of person. It seems reasonable that among the four categories of humans, the bandit would be the most threatening. 
But as the corollary of Law 5 proclaims, a stupid person is more dangerous than a bandit because nitwits create only losses in their interactions. Society as a whole is impoverished by the stupid. Society as a whole is impoverished by the stupid. You ever watch stuff that's going on politically? You ever see somebody make some stupid claims and see what the damage that it's causing? Anybody see that recently? In the past couple years? In this way, the population of pinheads can easily endanger an entire society. The difference between communities that are crushed under the weight of their own of their dim-witted citizens and those who overcome them are the efforts of the non-stupid. A society only stands a chance if it can counterbalance the stupid's losses with the intelligence gains. It seems you can't keep stupid people off the roads, out of government, or away from customer service jobs. But if you keep these five universal laws in mind as a tool to transcend the the idiocy, there's hope for humanity yet. I will find the... um, recap of this and i'll post it in the chat if you're so interested i found it to be absolutely fascinating i love when like laws of sociology and humanity just sort of tick against everything i've been thinking and seeing and if it makes some sense like in the gut here like it's worth exploring and it explains a lot like society and sociology and social psychology are not like just whiffs of science like they really do study the human animal and how they behave in and amongst themselves and in small groups and in large groups and there's a lot to be said for understanding the role of the of the archetypes around us in this particular case especially especially the stupid because i can promise you the stupid and the non-intelligent around us make my job and my life harder every single week I don't know how it affects you in your life, but I would like you to start maybe acknowledging or noticing what it is around you and what those people are doing. These are very smart people that have studied this behavior in lots and lots of people, and they aren't wrong. It's not like they're finding a black hole with the James Webb telescope. They're literally looking around and discussing behavior. Now, it may or may not be caused by different things. But you can absolutely check the impact of stupid people around you. Just open the newspaper. You'll see it all the time. It's really, really bad. Anyway, I feel like I've taken up enough of your time talking about stupid people, which is really kind of one of the problems in this world today. But I'm going to just like carry on and get on with these panic attacks of mine. So uh, here's a soundtrack for that, and I'll uh, see you in a few minutes. Hard Rock Lunch Box.
A little bit from Jackknife Stiletto there. Haven't heard from them in quite some time. Uh, I know they have a record that they've promised to put out now for a couple of years and haven't, so maybe uh, maybe at some point we can get on that. Uh, speaking of putting out a new record, but have uh, the dudes in Metallica have put out, uh, I, guess, I guess they got a new record coming out, and they've just put out a couple of singles. Uh, Lux Eterna, which I thought was awesome, very old school, uh, was out playing that a little bit here on the box. So they have a new one out, and apparently there's a lot of talk about it. It's called Screaming Suicide. I honestly have not followed what all the talk was about. I just thought it was a good song, so I grabbed it for you, and now here it is. It's Metallica on the box. Hard. Rock. Lunch. Box. I don't know when the last time you heard that song was, but I figured it was worth dragging out. <laughs> I got a couple old songs in here today. I I don't know really what it was, but I, Spotify just took me sort of on a, on a ride. I guess they heard me complain about how awful uh, they've been for the past couple weeks. So I actually have a lot of stuff here. I actually have a couple of songs that we're going to have to sit and figure out if it even boxes. I have... Uh, is it this one? Where is it? Uh, it's, uh, I think it's from, I think it's from Periphery. That it feels like nine different songs in it. So we're going to have to take a listen. We're going to listen to that a little after one o'clock. And we're going to see if it boxes, if some of it boxes or otherwise. But like, I, I can't even begin to tell you how much I enjoy on occasion uh, Pete Steele and Typo Negative. It is just one of the greatest things that has ever come out of like the dark arts community of Long Island and the New York City music scene. There just isn't anything quite like it. And every now and then, I'm just solidly in the mood for it. And guess what time it is right now? Yeah, it's one of those times. Now, this might not be for everybody, but I would appreciate you giving it a chance. And if it is for you, you are welcome. Hard Rock Lunch There are two things I know to be true. One is that uh, Mikey Wayman is not currently in typo negative. Uh, He's got a song called Learning that we've been playing here on the box, and he's got a new song called Circles that will be coming out Friday, February 10th. I'm not going to say for sure that I'm going to pay it Thursday, February 9th, but I'm not going to say that. But we might as well prep for the inevitable, imminent release of the new Something Heavy song. Uh, and let's uh, let's reassess how we feel about this latest release on the box.
Punch Box. Yeah, you might be wondering why I played some really, really old Ozzy Osbourne this week. Well, I was listening to the song and just kind of spun up, and I was just thinking um, we were, we had been talking a couple weeks ago about what a great re-entry into the song it is from the solo. But I was listening for that, but also I realized that there's like a drum solo going on during the entire chorus, which, as much as my drummer aspires to do something like that, is generally frowned upon. But I guess it works. I guess it worked back then, so... Who am I to judge? Ozzy's done uh, done a lot more for music than I have. So, God bless you. Um, uh, we time we've come to the time in the show, uh, an occasional segment that I like to call "Does It Box." Now, the band is called Periphery, which I have probably played on the show before. I've definitely listened to it in my personal private life on occasion. I'm not a huge Periphery fan, although I am super appreciative of how well they play their instruments. It's just, sometimes it's a lot going on for a song. It's like the difference between like reading a light novel and reading, like I don't know, The Iliad or War and Peace or something like that. Like Just a little bit kind of all over the place. But I was listening to, I listened to it twice this week. Uh, it's new. I, th- I believe it's new. I think that's why it was on my release radar. Uh, but every time I was listening to it, I heard something different, and I remember thinking, like, oh, is this a different song? And no, it wasn't a different song. You might think that after seven minutes, you would have listened to a couple of different songs, but in this particular case, you'd be wrong. So, what I decided to do is uh, run it by the panel that is the Hard Rock Lunchbox, and you can let me know Does it box? Hard Rock Lunch box. So, I don't know what to make of that. I mean, there's a lot of good songs inside that one song, but like in my head, all like, does anybody remember the character Tweak from uh, from South Park? Like, I kind of figured, like, if I gave Tweak like all the recordings we did and didn't label anything, but also gave him a bag of crystal meth, I would get a periphery song. I think. Like, I don't. Kind of all over the place. Like I, I just, I, I don't know. Like I enjoyed it. I did not enjoy it, and I even liked the little jazz part in the middle. Like it's, it's a very efficient way to get, you know, three or it's like, it's like if you mixed like when you make an omelet, right? You have eggs, you have cheese, you put some veggies in there, but it's also like if you also put like leftover Indian food in there and maybe some like dim sum. <laughs> I don't know. The downside is that Q is not in the chat, so now I'm going to have to play it next week to see what he thinks. <laughs> Let's carry on, shall we? I want to go on record right now as saying the following. I'll even stop this. I don't like Theory of a Dead Man. Never have. I didn't think I ever would. That all being said, they released a song this week that I... <sighs> Center really like (laughs) not only is it pretty good anyway but it's catchy as f and this is the kind of chorus that definitely like seeps and worms its way into your ear and just sort of sticks there because i listened to this at least 20 times this week and i am trying to get out of my head the only way i know how to do that is to put it in yours it's ambulance or as they like to say ambulance on the box hard Rock. Lunch. Box. 
All right, getting mixed reviews on the Theory of a Dead Man song. And by mixed, I'm saying that I liked it and nobody else did. But still, <laughs> poorly mixed. It's all right. <laughs> Believe it or not, I have like 6.9 other days of the week to listen to songs. <laughs> Instead of dragging you guys to it. I'm noticing a lot of bands are now playing Amer- uh, Am- Amityville Music Hall again, which I am just really shocked at. Like, I mean, I've always known like how many short memories people have, uh, because especially the musicians, because they're just like, "Ooh, shiny object!" Like, "Oh my god!" Uh, it's just, it's, I don't know. I feel like I guess I'm, I guess I'm older, old enough, and care less enough now to just be like, "Yeah, I'm not going to play there." But I'm like, I'm watching like all my friends and other bands that are playing there, and I'm like. Dude, it's a horrible place to play. Like, why are you still playing that? Like, not only is it not a great place to play, but, like, the likelihood that you're going to be treated like shit has gone exponentially up, considering that bands that have literally done nothing wrong are reporting nothing but getting treated badly by there. But yet they're still opting to play it. It's like, I have so little of me of me left to start to feel bad for these guys. Like how much more do like, do you need to be told to like not play these shows? Like I actually told a couple of national touring acts, like don't play there. Uh, and that offered us slots there. I'm like, I'm going to have to turn that down. Cause we're not playing there anymore. Not only are we not playing there. I'm also never going there until that manager has been removed or fired or otherwise. Like I'm not going there. So don't even invite me to your shows. I'm not coming like at all. And I, will not allow my band to go and I would hope that my closer friends don't go like it's it's a bad scene it's a bad place and I think like it really needs to be taught a lesson that it's never going to learn if everyone's like cool we're just going to keep going like, alright what do I know right clearly clearly I am not the model of success everyone wants to follow so good luck with that um we'll just see how it goes um so up next, song that absolutely, positively will not box at all, no matter like what you do. But it comes in a special request, and because of that, we honor almost all of those. But we'll honor it this time. For the first time ever, and probably ever only, it's a little ludicrous on the box. Hard Rock Lunch Box.
Any music from VMP on the box? Yeah. Very own AJ. Stepping out. Stepping out of the shadow of something heavy. As if. <laughs> I put up a post on Facebook the other day trying to not be political. I just wanted to ask if there was any uh, under-the-radar bands uh, that people were listening to that I have not heard or would be interested in hearing. A lot of good ones came in. I'll be playing some of those over the, the coming weeks. I was a bit annoyed. Uh, annoyed. 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 <laughs> I was a bit annoyed uh, because... I am growing tired, and I, I do not want this to come across as sexist at all. I want it to come across exactly, honestly, how I mean it. I am growing incredibly tired of people uh, approving or liking more of bands that are female-fronted and not very good because they're female-fronted. Fronted. I have had these discussions time and time again over my tenure as a as a as a band member, but also as a singer, it is just ludicrous to me, not the ludicrous, like, move, bitch, get out of the way, but just ludicrous in general, that it's okay to do that. Like, you're literally just, like, I don't know, like, objectifying a lead singer, making everybody think that they're, like, doing better or a better band. Like, talent is talent is talent, right? There are incredibly talented female singers, right? But the ones that, like just dress like they're talented or I don't know like that that get admiration just for being a woman at front up front especially as you get into like more metalcore and harder rock kind of stuff because there's fewer and fewer of them like man <laughs> it it is just so irritating to see people keep like promoting like oh here's this band they're really good totally organic all that other stuff and it's like no they're not they're basically derivative at best and usually not very good anyway and what they do is they put their version of a hot chick up front because guys really respond to that i've been making fun of bands for that for 10 years especially whenever you're seeing a promotion about the band and all it is is the chick singer wearing something less than you would wear to work if like if that's your promotional tool then you're exactly the band i'm talking about i find it so goddamn irritating all that being said, my friend Jack actually sent me a band called Amel and the Sniffers, which, if that name doesn't grab you, I don't know what will. Female-fronted, but badass talent throughout the band. I effing dig it. I hope you will, too. Hard Rock Lunch Box. By my calculations, there are exactly two types of singers, right? There's people that sing like a normal range that humans hear, and then there's Sleeping with Sirens. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Yeah, man, we all know what that sound means. And yeah, if you're wondering if we're going to keep playing the new Craving Strange single, mean what you say, well, I've got an answer for you. The answer is going to be... Yeah, of course we are. It's a great song. I love playing it. love listening to it. I've just been listening to it actually in like my normal private life too. It's like it's a good goddamn song, and I like that. And I like that for them. And since uh, Craving is not particularly big on TikTok, I will make them big as monsters here. Or whatever. Or as big as you can get on the box. But this week's weekly Craving of the Week is, of course, me what you say. On the box. On the box. 
I also like leaving the Martians on because it's funny for me. But that's just a creative Waiting in line for the right time. It never seems to come. Watching the lights, looking for landslides. Buried under waiting for some. Someone to break these walls, negate these falls. Can you just save my life? Give it a try and me what you say. Waiting for signs is a lifetime of getting up the courage to jump, closing your eyes, dropping a lifeline. I hope someone is pulling me up. Someone who breaks these falls and makes me strong. Will you just save my life and bury the lies and me what you say? Yeah, haven't heard that song in a hell of a long time either. Figured it was worth bringing back. 
But it is definitely time for us to get the hell on out of here. It's been quite a day. It's been quite a box. Thanks for everybody for chipping in a little bit on the on the uh, chat, saying hello, and just listening to some of the stuff we all had to talk about and all say, and I hope everybody's feeling under the weather, myself included, gets a little bit better before the snow maybe gets here next week. I don't know, maybe. I did save a little something for you guys at the end, mainly, so you guys have something to leave while listening to, but some of you may stick around, but probably just me, so I'll say my goodbyes now. Thank everybody for your time and everything else that you bring to the show. And I will see you again next week, right here on The Box. But this song, I'm not saying it's good, but it might just be the best. Hard Rock Lunch Box.